Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, David Beyond. Today, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. And Mike. Hello. There's a couple things I want to talk about today. First, and probably biggest, being the announcement of the 40 series cards. I was going to say 4,000, but I guess technically both are true. But the 40 series cards, NVIDIA has announced them. And I must say, like, time really flies, because I very distinctly remember talking about the 30 series cards when they got announced. Yeah, too. On this very show. Yeah. So... Obviously, that was like in the throes of like COVID, right? Or was it before COVID? It was in the throes of COVID, I believe. Yeah. I think it was mid-COVID that I decided to build a PC. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember like we were, we that was one of our like video episodes where you were playing Flight Simulator. Yep. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just crazy to me that it's like already here. But yeah, 40 series cards. And let me tell you, I feel like the reception has not been as warm as when they announced the 30 series cards would Not you guys agree with that like hop in guys we're gonna go lose our market share like oh yeah no like i own nvidia stock and it's been not pretty lately yeah, i mean the rumors were bad for the 40 series cards the rumors made them look bad already it's uh i mean it strikes me as a little tone deaf you know like that's kind of the vibe i'm getting from nvidia they're just not reading the room right now right like with obviously like for for crypto, you know, proof of stake being more widely adopted, mining being more increasingly obsolete, right? The prices of the 30 series cards plummeting. They come out here with these very highly priced, in my opinion, options for the 40 series, right? So the 4080 comes in two flavors, a 12 gigabyte model and a 16 gigabyte model. And the 12 gigabyte model is all but a 4070, but in name. But the pricing, right? So the 12 gigabyte model is 899. The 16 gigabyte model is 1199. And then there's also a 4090, which is the high end option, obviously. And that is trying to find a price here. Yeah, 4090 is $1,600. So uh, I guess I'm personally, right? Like I'm totally content with my 3070 Ti. It took me forever to find one. Uh, yeah, I. But, you know, like, as someone who, you know, I guess as more PC-centric people, you two, like, how do you feel about these cards? I think the value proposition's bad on them. Like, I just can't imagine needing more than a 3080-3080 Ti. And then they're saying, like, hey, you know, our, our 3080 12 gig is two to four times as strong as a 3080. Like, I feel like NVIDIA's kind of throwing out the budget grade or lower end market and just saying we're gonna we're gonna strictly market to people with thousands of dollars to throw at video cards it, it does feel that way and it's annoying because nvidia does have some like killer features that i like but i also don't need like they keep talking about 8k gaming nobody's doing 8k gaming nobody needs yeah like, nobody even has an 8k TV. most people aren't even doing 4k currently yeah most I, am not, I have no yeah. interest in 4k I this is gonna be at- 1440 like it feels like the 40 the 40 series is nvidia's attempt to really capture the high-end pc master race like self-gratifying group of like the PC yeah and i community and in in some part i am part of that group and i like I, i'm somebody who could justify buying a, a 4090 uh, if i wanted it connor just, you're not part of that group trust me that group is probably the most insufferable people you'll ever meet yeah i definitely used to be that i i in high school spent a lot of time like, complaining to my friends for making me play on console at their house i'm not proud of it 
Yeah, you mentioned that on the show before. That yeah. group has kind of evolved into this, like, hey, look at how much money I've dumped into my PC and how many lights and dumb, but how many I, video I'm somebody cards who cares a lot it. about performance and has, like, the budget to get a 4090. I just don't, like, I don't see why I would. Yeah, not, I, like, like, from, okay, so, like, from my perspective, right, like, I guess where gaming is right now, like, I feel like the 30 series cards haven't even really been challenged yet by, like, no, a game like, not that really pushes the envelope, right? When I was like, running my 3080, 1440p, 144 frames per second, I can't think of any games I had where I wasn't like, hitting that. Like, maybe Cyberpunk 2077? Yeah, but that's because it was a bad like, game, not because it was... <laughs> It wasn't your graphics card's fault. Yeah, but like I, I just in a general sense, I feel like we're not there yet, <laughs> and and Nvidia's kind of just being like, okay, here are these cards that take it even a level further. But we're not even at the thirty level though. yet. There is precedent for. Um, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, right? It's cool to see the envelope being pushed, but yeah. like it, it when Nvidia comes out here and says, I think the the CEO or whatever said something like the the era of like cheap graphics cards is over I'm, I'm definitely paraphrasing there declining prices, prices and is over wrong. that's just and that true. is yeah. that is a total misread of the room currently i, I, I just think what, what excites me about this is that amd finally has like fsr 2.0 has been pretty impressive amd has this opportunity to, to really come in and clean up but amd is still missing some like some killer features like some of the AI processing stuff that NVIDIA has. NVIDIA's proprietary um, uh, hardware level encoding that it uses for like game stream and stuff. That's what I use. If I were to switch from... I'm using a 1070 in my computer right now because I was having issues with my 3080 and had to RMA it. But uh, I still, on my 1070, I can use that hardware level encoding that NVIDIA has to stream stuff to my Steam Deck and have a very good experience. Yeah, you can't do that on an AMD card. Excellent. It doesn't work as well. I use hardware encoding off my 1070 to stream everything now. Yeah, and it just it's works just, really yeah. well. It's it's lower need. I don't need to worry about overloading my CPU when I can just rely on my graphics card to do it. Right, and AMD has that, but it's not nearly as good. Yeah, and they don't have they don't have other streamer tools like AI backgrounds and stuff. You can't do that on a 1070 anyway. But if on the if, 20 and 30 series, you could. If AMD's hardware encoding goes in, I would strongly go towards AMD as a graphics card company, but they don't have any good hardware encoding. So I didn't even know this hardware encoding was a thing. So yeah, that's it's a uh, valuable thing if you're streaming me. games. If you're not streaming games, then it's basically worthless to you. It doesn't matter. It's it's really good if you're doing anything video or streaming related. Yeah. So how do you guys feel about... I, I mean, like, they did throw a couple bullet points out there to try and, like, bolster the value of, of this release. Things like DLSS 3.0, right? Like, they're saying that, like, in, in some of the examples they gave, they were like, yeah, you could see up to, like, a 500% increase. Yeah, DLSS in 3.0 is interesting because it, performs. in my opinion, yeah. it shouldn't even be called DLSS because it's a wholly different technology. It's essentially, like, you're a you know a bit about TVs, Amid, like frame interpolation, like motion smoothing. Okay, yeah, it's that except on a TV. You know, it's it's a budget version of that because they're not care they don't care about latency. And Nvidia is saying that they can use their AI to do that real time, so they're increasing your frame rate. But I don't know how valuable that is really because it's not going to actually increase responsiveness, and that's why frame high frame rates feel so good is that your input 
you feel the response immediately and they can't they can't raise that with motion smoothing so dlss 3.0 is cool and I, I bet it feels very i bet it feels better than not having it but i, I don't feel like i'm gonna miss it too much and like if i'm already hitting 144 frames per seconds in my games with the you know normal plain old dlss I don't need yeah, it. I mean, I, I just from my perspective, it seems like the use case mostly for DLSS is if you want to crank like the the bells and whistles up, and that tanks your frame rate down to like, I guess you know the example they have on their website. The first example they have is a game running at twenty two frames per second with ray tracing on, right? But once DLSS is uh, DLSS three specifically is turned on, the FPS jumps from twenty two to eighty five with ray tracing on. Dude, that's gonna feel so bad though. I mean, I might be wrong. It might feel great. But in my head, I'm thinking like, if I understand the technology properly, and this is, um, I, I guess I'm throwing them under the bus right now. I'm citing Linus Tech Tips. That's where I saw the technology explained. And uh, I don't think it would feel any better than 22 frames per second. It would feel... Yeah, I mean, I just wouldn't really know without um, yeah. without trying it. Yeah. I mean, they have like a first look, like, see it in action on their website. And I guess you can like play a video to see it but it's not the same as like playing no, a game yeah. a video is not going to cut it <clears throat> you need to feel it i uh i don't know and also this is like this is maybe me like kind of falling for marketing a little bit but amd has been doing a lot of work and lowering tdp on their stuff and nvidia is doing the opposite i think the lowest recommended power supply you can use on a 4080 oh it's absurd 850 yeah. watts i don't I think I have 850 watts in my PC, but like if I have to upgrade my power supply to buy your new graphics card, I don't want to do that. I'm just not going to do it. Like, oh yeah, these things are super, super power. And like hungry. that's that's going to hit your wallet immediately if you have to buy a new power supply. But that's also going to hit your wallet. Like if you're a heavy gamer, yeah. you're going to literally be burning more electricity if you like. And that that doesn't matter to us here in West Virginia very much. Our electricity is extremely cheap. But if you're in like Europe right now, that sucks. Like, right, yeah. not cheap over there. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, and obviously, you know, like I saw this and I was just like, okay, this is neat that it's like new tech and everything new pushing the graphics envelope as always. But like, I'm not really the, the price, the price did nothing for me at all. And even if it was lower, I mean, I, I just built a PC. I'm totally fine. But exactly. I went online to basically just get like, take the temperature and everyone was hyper against this yeah, it, 40 it, series announcement i've not we seen were, consensus like this really before were we doing the show when the 20 series got announced i feel like we we must have been I mean, right we, when did okay. it get announced because the, the 20 series also got kind of people weren't super hard on it but the 20 series got a lot of blowback for being expensive and un, other than adding ray tracing it wasn't a very big performance increase but I only pointed out because, like, the 10 series was incredible. Like, people really liked it. The 20 series kind of sucked. The 30 series was, like, a huge deal and everybody really liked it. The 40 series Yeah, the 30 sucked. series was huge. I'm starting to see a pattern, you know? Hmm. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, they can't all be winners, I guess. Yeah, it just seems like every other release from NVIDIA is just kind of mid. It's just not not worth getting. But maybe I'm just in that, like... You know, I bought on 10, so I didn't need to buy on 20. And I bought on 30, so I don't need to buy on 40. Yeah, that's that, that definitely be- how I feel right now. Like, yeah. But I also just, it is a hard sell to buy a 40 series right now when, like, 
my you know crypto mining is dead 3080s can be bought for like 600 bucks you do need to watch out to make sure that they like were taken care of because um a friend of mine was telling me that like a lot of stock 3080s just their thermals were terrible and so long mining might have hurt them but Mm -hmm. you know your mileage may vary some of them were fine like i think evga cards were fine any of those you buy will probably be okay it was i think gigabyte cards that are a problem little tangent I want to take here. EVGA basically terminated the relationship with NVIDIA yeah. and announced they're not going to be making any more graphics cards, which is, I mean, a shame, right? Like my... Yeah, I've, I've yeah, only... I just EVGA recently cards. got into PC uh, gaming, but the graphics card I was able to get my hands on is an EVGA 3070 Ti, and it's very, very nice. Yeah. I, it's like definitely like the centerpiece of my entire build. And uh, it's a shame they won't be making graphics cards anymore. I did some research, right, looking into different manufacturers, and I... I definitely liked what EVGA had going on. EVGA is good. ASUS is good, but they're ASUS more expensive. is good too. Yeah. Uh, Gigabyte is pretty bad. I actually got a Gigabyte motherboard, and I cannot really recommend Gigabyte. Do you do you have any insight into like why they might have done something like this? Like it seemed like a very like almost like a public falling out. So there like, are two things. One of them is apparently Nvidia was just horrible to work with. That was like what i was hearing the day of but now that i've seen the pricing of the 40 series you know it's probably that but also evga might have seen the writing on the wall and they're just like this gen's not going to be profitable so we might as well drop now and i think that's likely i don't think people are going to buy 40 series cards like outside of you know yeah but most of evga's revenue is graphics cards i I did a little digging looked into that i was like that's a huge huge massive cut into their profits now that they're not doing this and i feel like they only must have the only reason they must have done this was for like very very strong anti-nvidia sentiment for one reason or another because they're literally hurting themselves just to like basically flip off nvidia yeah i don't know i mean maybe they maybe they have a plan yeah i don't know i'm excited to see what amd has to counter this though because i don't actually own my 3080 that was a that was a loaner from a friend and i was about to buy it but i kind of want to see what amd brings to the table before i buy a 30 series yeah the saga of you buying a new graphics card has been ongoing for literal years years yeah it's over because i i still have my that scam artist still has my money tied up right now oh Oh, yeah that was getting it to you yeah that ended up being a scam i was able to get some no it wasn't a scam he was just an idiot he over promised and under delivered he owes people I, I, this is an aside. If, if you see Black Swan Gaming or OG10K Gaming, don't buy anything from them. They got me my processor just fine. He's not malicious. He's just an idiot, as far as I can tell. Like, he sold a ton of 30 series cards, and a lot of people got them, but a lot of people didn't get them. I've seen people, I feel like an idiot because this guy owes me a little over $1,000. And I, that feels mm, bad. Yeah, that's not insignificant. Th- there are people on the Discord for that company that are complaining that he owes them tens of thousands of dollars worth of hardware. And if you spend tens of thousands of dollars on hardware without like proof or like without, you know, you're in, you're, yeah, if, you're if, you, if, if you're trying to do that, you, you got to walk into a micro center or something. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah, can actually and there touch were, it. There were people who wanted to set up mining rigs and they're just, they're done. Like even if they got their cards tomorrow, they'd be worthless to them. They're just out $30,000. It's, it's absurd. But this, yeah, and this guy just, I don't know, he keeps, he started a new company called Black Swan Gaming, which is sketchy. He has a court date. It's like October 23rd of 2023, unfortunately. So God knows if I'll ever get my money back. 
not things you want to hear uh, when you're waiting for a product yeah and or a refund yeah i mean by 2023 the 30 series is going to be ancient history essentially <laughs> like that sucks so i think i'm just gonna i was able to get 700 dollars back through um a chargeback on a credit card uh unfortunately i paid half of it on a debit card so he still owes me about 800 and i cannot get well, that, that money that back sucks without yeah. him doing it and he has no money because his you know life imploded on him because he's an idiot so here we are <laughs> that's that's a little tangent Indeed. from my life so i'm thinking about spending my 700 that i got back on a 3080 which is all i ever wanted in the first place yeah and that's a totally reasonable price for a 3080 as well in my opinion yeah yeah my buddy was gonna sell it to me for like 600 because that's what they're going for on ebay right now and that wow. wouldn't bother me what a what I, a difference right like that that you could have doubled that easily like even a year ago price i yeah. paid it was seven or eight hundred was the original price i put down for a 3080 in 2020 let me tell you, I paid more than that for a 3070 Ti because yeah. I I bought it like when they were insanely you know scarce and like highly priced. So yeah, yeah, I'm it's, the fool for that. And it it sucks. Like while we're talking about the prices and everything, it looked for him, and it kind of has. You can get a 20 series card like affordably, or you can build a PC com- price competitive per performance. I would say with like a PS5 or an Xbox One, like you could get a 20 series card probably maybe even a 3070 right now and build a PC that is a little bit more expensive than a PS5 or an Xbox one and have a better experience, but it'll have to be one you've cobbled together. And that's like the PC dream for me. Like you pay a little bit more, you make that money back in steam sales maybe. And like you get a better experience. Even better is like when the prices are real low and you can build one, you can match a console for the same price as a console, but I don't think we're there right now. Well, with the, the plummeting prices, I feel like it's maybe inevitable if if the trend continues. Yeah. So we'll see. I yeah, but it is it is a hard sell right now to suggest a PC over an Xbox or a PS5 unless you're just a guy who likes PCs like me, and that wasn't always the case. Uh yeah, I think I would agree with that. Obviously, there's a case to be made for your your Steam Deck, but that's kind of a yeah, console in itself. So in the, yeah, the calculus right now. <laughs> I mean, the Steam Deck is where I've been doing most of my gaming in the past two weeks. I haven't really touched my PC a whole lot. But yeah, 4070 packs roughly 3090 Ti levels of performance. That's just a, that's a crazy jump. Yeah, and man. I guess. Like, I, I guess I would just like to, I, I don't think I would ever buy it, but I definitely would like to see it. I just don't know anyone that would buy it for me to, you know, yeah, to check it out from. And I, you know, I, yeah, I don't know what, I could see myself changing my tune if they announced some killer thing, but I just don't know what that would have to be. Cyberpunk 2078. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Side note though, like apparently Cyberpunk 2077's concurrent max has now surpassed The Witcher 3's concurrent max yeah, on Steam. Yeah, it's had a huge resurgence since the anime. Because of that on. anime, right? Yeah, I watched a bit of the anime. It's fine. I hear it's very good. I don't. No, I would say that it's Studio Trigger, so it's gorgeous. But I just kind of think it's okay. I kind of it's very dark, and I kind of didn't want that, so I stopped yeah. watching it. My roommate's like, "You gotta watch, you gotta watch." Yeah, I've been hearing very good things about it, uh, just by word of mouth. But yeah, I don't know. One one of these days, I'll play Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven when I, uh, all the DLC is out and when all the patches are done. But I, not until then. My problem with like Cyberpunk as a genre, I think, is that like. It's a lot of, like, watching people get raked over the coals by capitalism. And if I wanted that, I'd talk to any of my friends. <laughs> like, I don't... 
I just don't get the but, idea. Like but this. are your friends uh, getting raked over the coals by capitalism in a cool futuristic setting? Yeah, yeah. We can watch them get raked over the coals by capitalism, but they have cool eye implants so they don't have to look at a screen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. The, 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 the aesthetic and like the setting of cyberpunk stuff has always interested me. It's just you, you for should, this particular I mean, it's, game. It's worth watching the first episode, but it, the premise of the show, as far as I can tell, is can you imagine the horrors of a world without universal health care? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. Actually, I can. Clearly, this show wasn't made in the U.S., so. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, so the 40 series cards, right? So, like, I yeah, I was interested in hearing what you guys had to say, but it seems like you guys are kind of in the same headspace I am, where it's just kind of like a meh. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad that they exist, but yeah. I, I do not anticipate anyone I know having one. Yeah, I feel yeah, like this it's is... going to be something people flaunt online. It's like, I got a 4090 or whatever. Look at you, peasant. You only have a 1070. Even the 30 series cards were kind of like a high-end, like, enthusiast item. And yeah. and, and the, the 40 series cards seem like like maybe 1% of that high-end would be interested in well, that. Like, the high-end of the high-end. I was willing to pay fifteen hundred bucks at some point for a. Th- I think it was 50- it was either twelve hundred or fifteen hundred. My math is rough right now, but over a thousand dollars for a thirty eighty Ti. But the idea yeah. of paying nine hundred dollars for a thirty or for a forty eighty twelve gigabyte is repulsive to me, and I don't fully understand where the disconnect is there for me. But it definitely. I mean, just is. I guess the value, just the value has dropped. You know. Yeah, like I think it was because you couldn't the ebb and flow of cards back then. Yeah, like there was a scarcity then. Everyone wanted it. The thirty series cards like yeah. made a statement when they were announced. Like I was also spending really, a lot more time on my computer then because COVID. yeah, it was in the middle of COVID. Like everything kind of worked together to where like everyone wanted a thirty series card. And like Nvidia, I feel like they came out like expecting the same sort of vibe, and it was just totally different this time around. And they yeah. misread the room, like I said earlier. Yeah, and I think you're right. Yeah, they just don't. They didn't read the market very well, and it's wild that. You and I can seemingly read a market better than people that have billions of dollars on the line, but I don't know. Like, I feel like at a certain point when you're when you're in the throes at like a company like NVIDIA, you sort of just have to believe that it'll work, right? Like, yeah. you're going to believe it works until it you make it work. I guess that's their sort of mentality, but like, I don't know. It's a tough sell, I think, There's right now, especially. Uh, I think Linus Tech Tips also pointed this out. Um, they're not necessarily like killing you like with markup on these apparently they're very expensive to produce as well but yeah that, that doesn't I, help like i, didn't I guess just like yeah no one needed this a, like i didn't like need there was no one to be twice as strong as a 3090 like, exactly there was no like i mean again it is cool to push the envelope but like you could have waited a year or even two i feel like yeah. and let the 30 series simmer a little bit like there was no need to like for this breakneck pace yeah, I mean, if I could have uh, bought a new graphics card, like a thirty-seven, like a forty-seventy, that was the same power as a thirty-ninety was, for you know a, a seventy-tier pricing, I'd be like, yeah, like sign me up for that. Yeah, I don't know. It's oh well, just, it yeah, just seems silly to me. I'm I'm curious to see like once these things finally come out, like is our kind of like mental model of how this is going to play out actually how it's going to play out, or will? scalpers get a hold of them create artificial demand i don't know whole rig and roll happens again but like i don't think it will like i feel like there's a lot less interest in these cards than there were for the 3070 cards so yeah. uh when do you guys uh anticipate we'll hear from an amd right can't be far off it's usually later yeah 
But it's it's kind of like a, you know, like a Sony Microsoft thing. If one moves, eventually that means the other's bound to move within yeah, the same sort I'm, of time period. If I'm AMD right now, I'm pretty comfortable. I'm keeping my mouth shut. Like, yeah, let let Nvidia soak up all the bad. Yeah. Bad vibes and then come in with like a we could have a, a real uh, killer alternative. Yeah. Here. Yeah. They they're poised to do that. Let's, I guess we'll see if they do. Yeah. All right, any other thoughts on 40 the 40 series cards? All right, so that was one of the, I guess, the hardware announcements that occurred. The other was PlayStation VR 2. Now, PSVR 2 was already sort of announced, right? And uh, we already got a load of the specs. But now this unit is actually getting into people's hands, like uh, like for previews and stuff. And, oh my god, that trailer. Like, the marketing team that put that together deserves maybe a raise and a pat on the back. Yeah. Like that was a that was a very good sell. No, nah, it, it was enough too. to make me sad that I. Well, I know that there's not going to be any official support for PSVR on PC yet at launch. Let's qualify that because oh, I feel like with they, is there well, no, I, they have not said anything. But like, look at how PlayStation yeah. is treating PC gamers it's, right now. It's like the hardware, though. Sony. Yeah, I don't know. Sony doesn't... They're probably not making much money on the hardware, so I don't know that they would want to open the hardware up for people. Like, because letting me play PSVR on PC is not the same as bringing Uncharted to PC. It's more like letting me play Halo on an Xbox, or letting me play Halo on a PS5, or get Game Pass on a PS5. Like, I don't think it's that extreme, right? Like, I mean, it's a PlayStation... It's PlayStation hardware that you could presumably hook up to your pc that's not outside of the realm of imagination for me at this point in time at least it just seems i don't know it seems like it's people don't like to make hardware that they're gonna sell with no opportunity to make software sales based on it and that the opportunity is going to be limited if the psvr comes to pc i'm gonna be playing yeah i mean like well yeah but if sony i mean sony's clearly got a heavy software first party investment into this thing too like we're getting a horizon game at launch right Right. like we're getting all sorts of different i I presume half-life alex will also be on this thing i don't i don't think it's been announced but i think it's inevitable at this point and wild like you've got these games like the the walking dead saints and sinners which is apparently like a full-fledged rpg that works well in vr like all these sorts of experiences are coming to PSVR 2, like, launch window around that time. So I think the software support is going to be there. And a lot of devs have stated that they are working on PSVR 2 upgrades for their PSVR 1 games. Yeah, I was about to say that because uh, there is no backwards compatibility right now. Uh, There is not, but I... For hardware reasons. Like, they have a good excuse for it. Yeah, I mean, like, let's let's be clear here. This, This headset makes the PSVR 1 looks like a cheap toy. Yes. Like, it's leagues. Frankly, it makes most VR headsets look like cheap toys, as far as I can tell, with with the only exception being, like, the Valve Index, and maybe, like, some of the higher-end ones, like the higher-end third-party ones that I don't know a ton about. And and that kind of leads into an interesting point about the price, which hasn't been revealed yet. We can get into that here in a bit. But, like, just thinking about the specs, right, like, like, you can see it all in that PSVR 2, like, I guess, announcement video or whatever you want to call it. Like, you've got eye tracking, foveated rendering, like, 4K displays per each for each eye, right? OLED screen, like... The foveated rendering's a big one. I don't know if I've said it on the show, 
But for a long time, my rule was that I was not going to buy. I had my Lenovo Explorer, I think is what it's called, and I barely use it these days. But my rule was that I was not going to buy another VR headset until either graphics cards were so good that it was unnecessary, which I guess were kind of there. But also foveated rendering was like the big technology that I wanted to see because it lowers the uh, lowers the load graphically a ton. Right. Yeah. And then, like, the area you're looking at can be super high fidelity, and, like, right. your periphery can be whatever, and the you won't even notice. The field of view also, I think, was pretty impressive. The field of view is very high. I forget the exact number. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think it was but, 15 or something. Yeah, that sounds right, maybe, yeah. But, like, the frame rate can be up to 120, which, obviously, like, the higher the better for VR, but I think as long as it's 90 plus, you're going to have a decent time People in are VR. People comfortable so. at 80 these days. I think that's what the Quest runs at, but I 80. always okay. 90. Yeah. I can tell you if you dropped a six, as somebody who's developed a VR game, oh my god, if you were at 60, you were not happy. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, it is interesting, because, right, like, most video games, like, non-VR, like, if if you get 60, I'd be, like, happy, right? Like, 60 right. is absolutely the target, the minimum. But, like, for VR, like, it's just, it, you'll you'll be dizzy. <laughs> like, let's just put it that way, like... You need higher refresh rate for VR. I'm really hoping that this PSVR is like another big wave for VR, though, because it. I, I'm hoping, like, it's it's th been bleak lately. Like, yeah, it's been positioned to be that, and I hope it is that. Right, field of view is 110 degrees, by the way. Okay, that's still pretty good. What's interesting, though, so I I did like look at a few people's impressions. One thing that is a huge quality of life thing that I don't know exists in VR's headsets modern ones right because i haven't tried a vr headset in forever but one big problem with the psvr 2 was just like you get really sweaty and it's foggy yes. and like it's just sort of gross there is now a vent implemented into the headset so fogging is virtually completely gone like all of your like weird gross sweaty oh like literal fumes. fog. i didn't i never had literal fog on like the lenses or anything i just got sweaty yeah there was like a little condensation problem hmm. like okay. On the PSVR, but like, apparently that is totally gone in the PSVR 2. The venting works very well. Uh, it does alleviate a lot of like the, the sort of cramped, claustrophobic, sweaty feeling you get when playing in VR. And apparently this headset is insanely light, right? Like it basically, you can barely even feel it on your head. So the comfort seems to be totally there. And as far as the games goes, right? Like, so I'm talking from a PSVR 1 perspective, right? Like you, you put on that, headset right and it doesn't look like you're inside of a place like a playstation 4 game right like like the the assets are sort of like lower quality right there's a sort of like blurriness to it right right and you can you can you can you, like even like in excellent psvr games like astro's uh astrobot rescue mission you can you can sort of see that effect apparently the psvr 2 according to the people that have tried it it feels like you're basically just inside of a ps5 game there's no compromise on resolution or like fidelity of assets or anything. Like I I could see that with foveated rendering. I yeah because they the, the knowing where you're looking is a huge deal. That's a game changer. I bet developing it is hard, but like the foveated rendering, yes. And also think about like the gameplay implications of eye tracking, specifically for like horror games. Oh my god! How yeah. terrifying that could be! Like every time you blink, something gets closer to you or some some creepy stuff like that you know like yeah it's i don't know it's a it's a very exciting like this feels like a much bigger deal to me than 
the jump from even PS4 to PS5. It's also like notably this, it's inside out tracking now, which is just going to work better. Than right. No, you know, like separate camera attachment is necessary like it was for PSVR 1. Which was like that was half the battle in PSVR one. Just getting set up was such a pain. You had to get the processor box oh set up, God. connected to your PS4. You had to get like the camera set up. You had to like <laughs> tangle yourself in like so many cables to she, like just use the thing. She had a you PSVR know? set up that she had. Uh, she had bought like it came with the PS4 when she bought it from a friend, and she had tried to play on it, and she said it made her really motion sick. And uh, I guess she had set the camera on top of the PS4. And the fan was shaking the camera just oh, a little no. bit. Oh, that's gross. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would be so hard on you. I can't even imagine. But yeah, like, so PSVR 1 had that really annoying processing box that had to be used. Like, you just, it's just a USB-C connection to your PS5. That's all it is now. Granted, like, obviously, it'd be great to be wireless. We're not quite there yet. But, like, it's a heck of a lot better than, like, navigating through, like, the half dozen cables you needed just to connect to PSVR 1, so. Right. Yeah, I, I, and another thing, the controllers, they seem very, very sleek. They look They look a lot nice, like right? controllers to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was nice clearly thing. a lot of inspiration there, right? But, like, the controllers have haptics, the headset itself has haptics, right? Like, and, like, the programmable... Uh, trigger resistivity from the dual sense is there too. So, like when you're like drawing a bow, for example, you can feel the tension. Like when you're, you know, shooting a gun, you can feel the kick of the gun and that's, like the click of that's the. That's another reason I pull. wonder if PSVR games are going to come to PC in any form, though, because I think you would if they came to PC, they would be like the games themselves would be like PSVR two only. Like so, like I yeah. think. PSVR 2 will come to PC, and then PS PC games will be available on PSVR 2 only because of the controllers and the haptics in the headset. Because that's not like a universal still, feature. Even with PSVR 2, there is still no zero compromises VR setup, because the Valve Knuckles are going to be better controllers than the PSVR in my opinion, they're going to be better controllers. What are the valve knuckles? I've the valve knuckles have touch sensors, so they can track your fingers as you like open and close your hand. Uh, I, I believe these controllers have that too. Okay, then the PSVR which is maybe the best. Really sick. Apparently, like like they show like uh, for some of the like the shooting, you just basically make like a gun with your fingers, and like you can like bang, 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 like do the motion, and it'll. Like fire the gun in the game, so okay. there is Wait, like is there not just a, a trigger on it. There is also a trigger on it, okay. but like, like there is like motion, like finger motion detection and stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, uh, it's it's got me all excited. It's got like my interest in VR sort of like revitalized. Like yeah. this thing is coming out next year, and I'm I'm definitely gonna try and get one like day one and. Like, I remember when I had the PSVR 1, uh, one thing I really liked doing was just showing it to people, right? Like, friends who ne don't necessarily even play video games had maybe not even, like, heard of VR at that point, right? Like, VR wasn't as as much of a household name as it is today. And they put that thing on, and despite the low quality and the cumbersomeness and, like, the uncomfortableness of the headset, it was completely captivating, right? Like, VR transports you to another place. Uh, in a way, like, at a level of immersion that, like, a regular just, like, TV screen cannot do, right? And the fact that 
you know, like this is so many leaps and bounds above the original PSVR. I'm very excited to just share this with people and see what they think, right? Because this, it's not like you're being inserted into like a, an old sort of like, you know, PS3 level maybe game, right? Like you're going to be inside of a PS5 game now. So like, and with all of the bells and whistles that entail that. So very excited to show this stuff off to, I guess, people that don't even play games just to show them like, hey, this is what can happen now. Yeah, I'm interested what it's going to feel like to you and me, though, as like. Yeah, obviously, like, yeah, like to me, right? Like I have not done VR in a very long time. Yeah, I have not even touched my PSVR. So like it, it will be a leap for me as well. It's not like I've been messing around with like high end vibe valve headsets or anything like that yeah i was like on the edge of buying an index recently recently and i kind of backed off yeah i don't know uh i i'm interested to see like because obviously once this thing comes out right like like it'll 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 light a fire under the competition too right like like i feel like the the haptics right while they make sense and they're cool on the dual sense for vr it's almost a given right because like that level of immersion when you're inside of the game, if there's another sense being added onto that, like the tactile nature of like interacting with objects and stuff like that, that that'll do so much to even further level up the immersion. I don't know. I feel like haptics in VR are going to become more of a common thing I after agree. this thing comes out. Cause valve is also huge on haptics with their stuff. They, uh, they've done a lot. I kind of want to get the PSVR sounds maybe better. Yeah, definitely better. Cause it is the foveated rendering. Part of me still kind of wants to get an index because I have all the other Valve hardware. Yeah, I mean, like, like just PSVR a is a no-brainer if you have a PS5. Yeah. Like, PSVR 2, like, is a no-brainer. If you have, like, a PC and no PS5, then it gets very, like, okay. Yeah, because I want The level of entry is very high, right? You'll, you'll have to... If, if you want to gamble on them releasing it on... Releasing PC compatibility, that's fine, right? Well, I don't but if not, if the investment too. is a PS5 and then a PSVR 2. Which, by the way, this thing, unless they really want to sell it at a loss, I can't see it being. Minimum. I can't see it being cheap. Yeah, because the Valve Index is a, is a thousand, I think, for the full setup. The PSVR could potentially be a little cheaper because I don't think it it has no base stations, right? It's just a. Uh, it's just a cable and the headset. Yeah, so it's probably. I still don't see it under five hundred. Yeah, five hundred seems to make sense. Like they launched PSVR original for four hundred. I Which, could actually, my Lenovo Explorer was three or four hundred, I think. And while its specs are nowhere near as good, it's also been like five years. Yeah. So right. maybe five years they is a could long swim four hundred, yeah. but I don't know. And yeah, Lenovo I mean, also <laughs> wasn't making anything on software sales for that thing. So they were definitely making a profit on that headset. It's tough to know, right? Like, cause like you don't see some of these features in other high-end headsets. So that makes you think that like, maybe this is going to be the most expensive at all of all, but there's no way that can be true, right? Like you can't sell a thousand dollar headset to a console audience. You just can't. No, there's so no it's yeah. So it, there's it gotta to be, be a compromise 500. somewhere. Yeah. The 500 or less. I feel like yeah. has to be the price range. I mean, like let's, let's be real, not or less. It's going to be, Four hundred or five hundred dollars. Yeah, I can't imagine if If they launch this thing for three hundred dollars. Like, there's, it's impossible. Like, I can't even see that happening. It's it's interesting though. I just, it's tough. Well, I wanted to point out. You were saying that PlayStation needed to put out support for the PSVR two. I don't believe that ever happened on PC for PSVR one. It did not. Right, did that, and I wouldn't be surprised if they managed to do it again. 
But counterpoint, right? Like when PSVR released, PlayStation's relationship with PC is very different to how it is right now. Yeah, I like, just I I wouldn't be surprised if a PSVR two is working on PC within months with a fan hack. Oh yeah, I'm 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 sure like people will get it working, right? Yeah. But like official support, I wouldn't be surprised if that was also coming sooner yeah. rather than later. So a few other like small features, I guess, that I did not know of that I'm seeing listed on this page right now. So uh, see-through view, which is kind of neat. So you can switch between like gameplay and actually like looking through yeah, your headset you and actually seeing. headset you're going to wear for any amount of time, I think. That's, yeah, that's that's a huge feature that I I haven't really thought of because I think, you know, like with the PSVR 1, I just like take the headset off. But like it's cool that you can actually like not, you know, like presumably you could just like hit a button and like you can start seeing your surroundings, which is pretty neat. It, it is disorienting though if you've never used it because you do typically see your surroundings in 2D. Oh no! Yeah, I, I, I kind of like that. Pass through, I love. I love having pass through so I can know where I'm at in a space. Yeah, but like if you try to reach for something on a table because it's two dimensional, you will have a very hard time. I don't oh, know. Man. The quest pass pass through isn't actually that bad. Yeah, but it's going to be two dimensional. Like typically, typically it does not make a 3D image from the two cameras. I, I think the Quest Two has more cameras to make pass through a little more accurate. Maybe, but I don't think so. It just it just feels like I've never had a problem grabbing something through pass through. Okay, well I definitely have on my Lenovo Explorer because it's also in black and white. Yeah, I, it's in, mine's in black and white, but I think it also uses IR sensors to like really kick up the uh, depth perception angle. Mm, maybe. So it also has like okay, so it has like a broadcasting feature, but apparently like so you can stream like the games you're playing in VR to Twitch or something, which is fine. But apparently, if you have the PS5 camera, you can, like, broadcast yourself playing the new VR system and to the stream at the same time, yeah. which I guess is neat. It just sucks that's tied to, like, an, an attachment sold separately. But Well, nobody's going to use either of those anyway. They're just yeah, no one's going to use that. They're yeah. just going to use their capture cards and everything. Uh, custom play areas. I believe the, the index does this or is it the vive where you can like define your play area every pc vr headset has that okay okay so that's yeah that's you can use the controllers just, you have to, to like have that to do room scale vr you have to be able to draw a safe space because yeah. otherwise it's unsafe okay so yeah the psvr will also do that which is neat and uh cinematic mode which was in the original psvr which is basically being able to like watch stuff or play games uh on a virtual screen right like cast to your headset and this time it supports up to 120 hertz doing that, which That's is kind of interesting, neat, so. especially for people who don't have a high refresh rate TV. I'm just I'm curious on PS5. What's the performance loss going to be when you do that? It's at 1080p 120 frames per second. OK, so you can't do 4K. OK. In the headset, no. It, on the console, yes, presumably you could if the game supported it, but the system can support it. 4K 120. Okay, but what is um? The like, headset is 1080 120. The headsets. Oh, okay. So it's considered for, for resolution than that. For headset. streaming, for streaming, for streaming. Uh, for like uh, when you you know play non VR games in in yeah. VR mode, that's that's 120. Okay. But the actual display, uh, the I mean I have it right here. The re- display resolution is 2000 by 2040 per okay. eye. I think that's so. The that's same as that's the very end, high. Yeah. yeah. That's very high. Yeah. And HDR, which is uh, pretty huge. That is pretty huge. Is it OLED? So, yes, OLED HDR. 
but also what I would expect. So yeah, I mean that's for for, for VR especially, right? Like you need that really nice display. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm be- I just hope that um, this gives VR the shot in the arm that I want it to. I hope so. I I would love social VR to kick off a little more too. I I just yeah, you've got to think that like social VR. Yeah, I don't know, oh. like. Okay, I just did some research, and the Oculus Two, the Oculus Quest Two, uses IR cameras and then uh, repurposes that into a depth. Oh, that's cool. Uh, okay. Image. So it's not just like flat cameras; it's actually uh, IR sensors. Well, I don't think we'll know that's that why it feels like PSVR until it comes depth. out because uh, yeah, they're not going to. I say hope that. I hope it wouldn't be like two D. That would be really if the PSVR nauseating uh, in and out tracking. It's probably using IR sensors or outs. What's the term? I- inside out tracking? Yeah. Inside out tracking. Then it probably is using IR sensors to track the controllers. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll see, and I'll yeah. definitely have like I guess a review for the show or whatever, whatever because. I'll be getting this thing and playing the crap out of it. And I another, I guess, huge thing for people like me, right? Like, I tend to get pretty easily motion sick in VR. Uh, granted, you know, like, the the most I played VR was PSVR, which is, like, a pretty low-end experience at this point. But, like, a lot of reports about people who got previously motion sick being totally fine with PSVR too. So, I don't know if it's just the increased fidelity or, like, the... That's, just a better sort of like experience in general because it so. could also be that they've been forced to use vr a couple of times and that's true yeah yeah i i suspect that the increased fidelity helps probably and like stable frame rates and everything yeah and also room scale vr i bet the design is better because there were a lot of psvr games that had you kind of moving like astrobot as much as i liked it like it moved your head for you and in, in some cases right and that sucks that's not very fun whereas the the psvr2 seems to be much more interested in room scale which just doesn't make people sick typically because there's not a lot of motion in the game that is not happening in real life yeah i mean like there will be room scale to an extent right because you can draw out your like play area it's just a question of like i guess how big that could actually be yeah it it just i mean that's that's been the uh that's just how pc has done it typically is that you draw out your room and you teleport if you can't walk if you can't physically walk it you would use like teleportation or something right to save your stomach so it could be a design thing more than anything else early 2023 release date for this thing so yeah i mean i mean it's like almost october already it will be october when this episode comes out yep or will it i don't know i might just edit it and throw it out like in a couple days but we'll see time is progressing too fast it will be at least late september (laughs) at least yes yeah, so any final thoughts on PSVR 2? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I really don't have any. All right. So I guess we can get into uh, what we've been playing, right, guys? Yeah. Uh, Let's see. I guess I guess I can go first. So there are a lot of, a lot of things cooking right now for me, right? So some things I want to talk about, some things I don't want to talk about. I guess one thing I can talk about right now is I have been playing the PS5 release of The Last of Us, so The Last of Us Part 1. So, um, it is a complete remake of that game, right? So, like, it is remade with PS5 assets, 4K resolution, there's a performance mode that runs at, like, 1800p, 60 frames per second, and that's what I'm playing it in, and that's the way to play it, in my opinion. Um, They've done all sorts of things, like add lots of animations to the game, like modern animations to make 
the like the facial capture and like all this sort of stuff more realistic and it looks great it's one of the best looking games i've ever played i will say uh previously we were led to believe that the gameplay elements from the last of us part two would make their way into this game i'm sad to report that is not the case it's still very much the last of us one gameplay wise uh the only thing that has improved drastically i might add is the ai they brought in the ai for like the the clickers the runners and like just the regular human enemies from the last of us part two so they're a lot more intelligent they they don't just like run at you they like flank you intelligently they call for their buddies if they spot you and stuff like that so ai wise the game is much improved but i'm i am a little disappointed that you can't do all the crazy gameplay things you could do in part two like diving and like crawling on the ground like solid stake and like all those elements made the last of us part two the best probably tied with metal gear solid five the best third person gameplay i've ever experienced but Again, that is not the case in The Last of Us 1, but what I will say is that I am playing this game on Survivor difficulty for the first time, right? And after having beaten Part 2 on Survivor difficulty, which is the second hardest difficulty, by the way, uh, right below Grounded, these games are meant to be played at a high difficulty, right? Like, it, it totally transforms the experience, right? Like, whereas previously, it's basically just, like, kind of like a dark Uncharted game uh, with, you know, cutscenes and, like, then you, you know, fight your way through enemies and zombies and whatever and get to the next cutscene. At Survivor and, you know, higher difficulties, it is an actual scramble for survival, right? Like, every single bullet actually counts, right? Like, you can't just unload your clip because you don't know the next time you'll find ammo. Like, every resource you craft is insanely valuable. And you actually, it, it ratchets up the tension, like, a lot. You have to play this like a survival game to make it through this game because otherwise you will if you play like run and gun style like uncharted at these difficulties you will just be finished right like you'll be out of ammo you'll be out of resources and if you're at a tough encounter with out those things you could presumably just get stuck there right like because you didn't you know scavenge or plan ahead or whatever so i'm really enjoying playing the game like that um and as far as the story goes I, I think I've said on this show before, right, like, I l really liked the story to part one, but I fell in love with the story to part two. The more I play part one story, the more I think think that it is, in fact, like, also a masterpiece. And I, I guess this is maybe colored by playing part two, but especially just, if you, like, Joel and Ellie's relationship is the crux of this game. And if you buy into that, you're gonna, you're gonna really enjoy this game. But I, I totally get there are people that have not bought into it, and that's totally fine. But, like, I very much have bought into it. So, like, this game definitely tugs at my heartstrings, uh, especially thinking about the events of Part 2. But, yeah, aside from that, you know, like, it's very much just The Last of Us Part 1 in a prettier package with better animations, better AI, and all of the accessibility features from Part 2 as well have made it over to Part 1, so that's good. And I think that's about it. I'm what, like 10 or so hours into it, still, it, it's a fantastic game, and uh, definitely really shines on the higher difficulties, like I said. So, like, if you've played The Last of Us 1 and found it a bit boring in the gameplay department, I highly implore you to check it out on harder difficulties, because it basically feels like a completely different game. It turns into a survival game, 
and it really feels tense when you play it. So uh, that's pretty much it for me. How about Survivor is uh, the only way I ever played it? Really? Yeah. Because yeah. I, you know, I was in high school. I had an ego. And... Yeah. <laughs> no, I played it. So when I was in high school and played it, I played it. Or I must have graduated high school, actually. Yeah. Like, this was, like, maybe after high school, before college or something like that. Because it came out in 2014, right? No, 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 no. It came out in 2013. Okay, I was definitely. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I played it on normal, um, which, obviously, like, now it is a mistake. Like, it, this game needs to be played on Survivor or Grounded. Uh, same with Part 2. Part 2, when I played it the first time, I was smart enough to play it on Survivor, and it was... It was a thrilling experience, so definitely, definitely encourage that. Uh, okay, yeah. How about you, Connor? Uh, I I played a couple of games. Uh, I played like an hour of Slime Rancher Two that was on Game Pass, and uh, it it sure is more Slime Rancher. I guess I don't see myself playing any more of it until it's out of early access. I don't think it's prettier than the first game. Um. Like, it's gorgeous. The first game looked good. But it really just feels like the same game, again, but with more slimes. Which is probably what a lot of people wanted, but I expected a little more than that for some reason. So, I don't know. People really like it. I It just didn't hook me this time. Maybe I'm just not in the mood. Because I, I bounced off Slime Rancher 1 the first time as well. So, But other than that, I got Shovel Knight Dig on my uh, Steam Deck, which is the new... Yeah, game. so I heard about this. Is this like a full-fledged Shovel Knight game? Yeah. <sighs> It's a Shovel Knight roguelike, and it's like, uh, it it's sort of a mobile game. Like, I think you can get it on Apple Arcade, and it definitely takes heavy inspiration uh, from, a, it, it, this game's lineage is interesting. It's made by uh, Yacht Club Games and Nitrome, which I believe Nitrome used to make Flash games that were all really good. I don't really know their history that much, but Shovel Knight Dig is heavily inspired by a game I love called Downwell which is heavily inspired by a game I also love called Spelunky. And uh, the the soft pitch for Downwell, I believe it was a Japanese developer who wanted a version of Spelunky he could play on his phone. So he made Downwell, which is kind of like Spelunky in that it's a roguelike, but you're constantly going down. There's not a yeah, lot of... Yeah, you're just falling the whole time, right? Not a I, lot I've of played this before. Yeah. yeah. And Shovel Knight Dig also has a ton of vertical movement. It's mostly falling down, but it's less like dogmatic about it there are horizontal rooms and stuff uh, okay so this life. is this is not basic this is not like shovel knight 2 or anything no like it's that. not shovel knight 2 okay. it actually takes place before shovel knight i think but it does okay. it is canon i think if you care about that i think canon in the shovel knight universe is yeah i don't pointless. i don't know if i care about that i i did see that this was like a big release it is yeah. uh by by um god why can't i remember their names yacht club games Yacht Club Games, yeah. and I was like, "Oh my gosh, is this like a full fledged like new Shovel Knight?" It kind of, and I is. meant I meant yeah, to like it, look into it, and I wasn't. I just forgot. I guess it yeah. feels like there's at least as much content to it as there is in like any of the individual parts of Treasure Trove. But it's not like it's not Shovel Knight too. It's it's a very different game. It controls pretty similarly, maybe a little clunkier, which is on purpose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Shovel Knight is one of the best controlling games you can play. Yeah, so. it's really, really fun, though. I highly recommend it. I think it is, like, 25 bucks, which is a little steep for, like, an indie roguelike sometimes. But, I, I, you know, I picked it up. I've been playing it on my Steam Deck. I 
highly recommend like this, this is a game i would have probably recommended on switch if i didn't have a steam deck uh because i don't think your experience will be compromised at all and it is definitely designed as a portable experience that's that's what it feels like to me is that this is a game that they wanted you to like play when you have 10 or 15 minutes do a run do a couple runs whatever and it okay it's really fun like that it's I mean, I, I've been sitting down and just doing run after run after run because that's how I play roguelikes and I'm really having a good time with it. The skill ceiling is high. Um, it does the smart thing that roguelikes do where um, it, it, it at least it didn't say that it's doing this, but it felt like it was doing this, that as I got farther in the game, they introduced like harder rooms into the early areas so that I wasn't bored there, which is really smart. Um, there are a couple of permanent upgrades, but they're not it still feels like it's closer to the like end of the spectrum than the light end of the spectrum. You're not like getting permanent health upgrades or anything. It's like there are certain items that follow you and you can increase the number of those that you can have. And there are like upgrade, like you can unlock upgrades that will appear in the dungeons now, uh, but you don't like get them at the start. You have to find them still. And I, I am like in favor of all that. I think that's fun. It's, it's just a good game. And the story seems like enough that I care about it, but like, not enough that it takes away from the fact that I'm like dying over and over. It's not like distracting. It's 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 a pretty good game. I would recommend it. This kind of like came out of nowhere, right? Like this wasn't previously announced. Yacht Club just sort of like put it out there. No, this right? was previously announced. I knew this. Okay, was it totally flew under it, my it radar. It did not then. get like a ton of advertising. I don't think. Really, I just don't think Yacht Club bothers with that anymore because they have like so much goodwill. But I don't yeah. think there's a ton of people playing it, which is kind of weird. I'm like for. I'm like top 4,000 on the leaderboards globally on Steam, mm-hmm. which seems high to me because I haven't even beaten it yet. Ah. I did buy it day one, though. I don't know. Like, being a roguelike, I feel like automatically turns a lot of people off, yeah. unfortunately. so It does have shortcuts and stuff, just like Spelunky does, too. So, like, you, you can get to the end of the game without having to play it from the beginning. You just have to take the shortcuts. Nice. Like, shortcuts is in there as a guy you can talk to who will start you at a lower level than the beginning. So it's really fun though. I, uh, the bosses are really hard. I think the, the room to room gameplay like doesn't feel super hard to me, but it is fun. And there are like little, like kind of quick puzzles that you have to do. Cause like sometimes the ground is breaking beneath you and you have to think fast. Uh, and those are really fun. There's like every floor has three gears you need to find by the end. And you get an item. If you do that, an item, or you can refill your health. And those are usually like time sensitive because they can be destroyed. And it just has a lot of really smart design. That's just fun. And I'm having a good time with it. Nice. Yeah, I think I, I, I need to like check out some gameplay because I'm still having a difficult time just visualizing how this thing plays. Yeah, but- it, it was. Yeah, you, you definitely just need to watch somebody play it. I'm surprised uh, Northern Lion hasn't played it yet. I think he will because it, it's a roguelike. Yeah. And it's similar to Spelunky, honestly, because it, it did like. It doesn't feel the way I expected it to feel when I was like watching trailers and stuff. The trailers made it feel like it was kind of like nonstop action, like constantly falling and stuff sort of like down well. And it's not. You do have to keep moving the whole time. There is a mechanic that will um, make you move quickly if you're going really slow. But I never really feel rushed. And it doesn't have the long, the, the down well problem where you're like falling so fast that you like can't see what's going on below you yeah. it is still it's not a game that you play portrait it, it is landscape so they can't just drop okay. down a really long corridor it, it would feel bad for them to do that and the camera's good so interesting yeah i'll i'll look into it can't yeah. commit to buy it yet but i'll look into it 
Yeah, I think that's fair because it, it is something that I don't think is for everybody. It is for people that like roguelikes. You don't have to be like a huge roguelike fan because I think there's enough there for everyone. But if you don't like roguelikes, yeah. you will not like this game. <laughs> I mean, just by virtue of it being a Yacht Club game, I have to at least yeah, look gotta give it a look. Like, I never played a Pocket Dungeon, though. I never even looked at it. Neither did I. It felt yeah, like I might have like watched like a stream or something. Yeah, Pocket Dungeon, but it didn't release to phones, to my knowledge, or at least it didn't come to Android. I don't know, but their new game that they're working on looks pretty sick. Um, the one that uh, the Game Boy Color gosh, looking one, the Game Boy Color looking yeah, one. Yeah, I forget what it was good. called. Yeah. yeah, but that's uh, that's all I got. All right, uh, Mike. All right. Okay. So. Has anyone heard about Trombone Champ? I have. I have. Yes. I, I. If anyone knows me, that this would be a game that rolled right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> like just by like like pure comedy, on a pure comedy basis, I've not like seen a game that is that inherently funny in a long time. I I bought it purely for the fact that it had something to do with a trombone. I didn't even care. It was worth every penny. Yeah, think uh, Guitar Hero, but trombone. Trombone. But, like, I, I, I love that it's just, like... So, I haven't played this yet, but I've only, like, seen people play it, Northern Line, specifically. But, like, it's it's hilarious how, like... It's basically... I, I almost feel like it's impossible to, like, 100% every song. Because, like the, like, the way the movements are required... Like, the... Like, you have to, like, time the exact... Like, when the note starts, and it has to be in the right position, right? Like, the slide of the trombone. And, like, even if it's slightly off, you get this, like, hilarious, like, off-tone sound that just, like, it just kind of takes you off kilter, and it's really goofy. And then, like, the characters start sweating, and it's it's just really funny. Fun <laughs> I guess that's the game. best way to put it, yeah. It's a goofy, fun game. I I love it so much. How much was it? Uh, fifteen bucks. Okay. <laughs> okay. If, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so my problem is, if it was five dollars, that would be within like prank purchase territory. It for is. Me. It is to explain trombone champ. It is the most trombone game to have ever tromboned. Like as a trombone player, yes, that is how trombone is. Oh, okay, so you've actually played trombone, so you yeah, have some I context for like yeah. thirteen plus years. I, I okay. just don't know that I would have a good time with it if I were to actually buy it. But I think it would be something that would be funny to buy for my friends. Yeah, yeah I mean, it just bucks. sort of makes me laugh. I I yeah. just think it's, it's goofy. I cackle like a madman. It's so self aware and so introspective on trombone. Notably, you can it, play it with gyro controls on the Steam Deck. Yeah, I I watched. Oh man, I. Uh, it's just completely. Uh, I saw watch someone play it with a sex toy. Uh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think we've peaked. Uh, yeah, cultures, uh, cultures done. We, we did it. We have peaked as a culture. Someone has has done it. Uh, <laughs> I I love it so much. Have you done any of the, like the crazy hard songs yet? Oh oh, I think I started with some of the hard songs. Have you been streaming it? Uh, I haven't streamed it yet. I've been playing it off stream. Okay. That's a great, a great streaming game. It is I very feel funny, like. Yeah. Speaking as a viewer, not a streamer. Yeah, as far as yeah. a streamer, it's just it's. I cackle like a madman every time I play it. That first boot up had me cackling. So I mean, it already gets my A plus. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a fun game, funny game rather. Funny game, ten out of ten. Funny game. Should buy. Uh, you got anything else, Mike? Uh, I have another game that finally came out. Well, okay, so let me let me go, and then you can go, because I have one more as well. So I've also been playing the Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two beta, multiplayer beta, and uh, so like uh, obviously like Call of Duty kind of icky right now right like vanguard was kind of a flop i mean like a flop in call of duty terms right like elden ring has outsold vanguard which is crazy to think that elden ring could outsell a call of duty game but it happened but like call of duty hasn't really been in good standing for a little bit right and a lot of people were banking on modern warfare 2 to sort of bring call of duty back right because modern warfare like the 2019 version was pretty I guess, highly regarded, like, multiplayer-wise. So I, I gave this a spin, and I played it, and I let me tell you, I, I actually quite like it. There are a lot of the kind of, like, it says Modern Warfare, right? But there are, like, weapons in this game that I question, like, like, is this really modern, or is this, like, you know, 20, 30 years in the future? They're, yeah, like... It's, it's a lot of near-future stuff. One of the grenades is, like, a drill charge that you can throw, like, through ceilings and through walls that no like just modern yeah. just drills through the wall and like cleaves your enemy to pieces it's just like okay but uh i don't know like uh the gunplay feels really arcadey and fast and tight and the time to kill is low and like it it just feels very fast paced uh which is what i want out of a call of duty and it's it's quite it's just fun to play online so it has like a slew of modes like obviously like team deathmatch and stuff which is like 6v6 but it also has like ground war and invasion which are like the big like 40 plus player modes and they do a good job like this is the closest i think call of duty has felt to a battlefield game right like when you play invasion or ground war or something like that i was about to uh, mention like, that i had read that it it felt like it was I, I i haven't played any but i read that it was taking some from battlefield's playbook yeah it definitely seems like it did do that um and i think it's it's better for it right like my preference like i i guess i'm kind of boring right but like team deathmatch is what i usually play right but like the ground war and invasion modes were pretty neat too right like it definitely felt like a large scale conflict like on a giant map so i i have like maybe a pedantic question about it how big was the download size uh, so this was like the multiplayer beta, right? I think it was like 40 gigs or something like that. It wasn't it? a multiplayer beta. It, See, that's yeah. why. Because it's like, it's like one or two maps, right? Like, uh, I feel like there were more than that. Because like, it's, I think there's like three for like the 6v6 modes. And then there were a couple in like, for the invasion and ground war. So there was... I, just, I mean, it was, like, a decent amount of variety for a beta, I think. Call of Duty just seems to be refusing the trend recently, which is games getting smaller because of SSDs. And they, Ye Call of Duty still seems to insist that they need 200 gigs of my drive. And I just, Yeah, I wonder what the install me. size for this game is going to be when all is said and done. Uh, I bet that information is out there, because, like, this game actually comes out, like, October 28th, I believe, so we're pretty close. I'm looking it up real quick. Yeah, I'm the beta up was too. apparently only 25 gigs for PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, the beta, yeah, like like I said, it was like 20, 30 gigs. It, the beta was bad. pretty small. Yeah, but like the full game, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess that information isn't out there yet. But no. like, so I assume, like, I don't know. Like, I assume this game will have a campaign, but I'm not 100 percent sure, right? Like, they haven't really talked about it. It might just be multiplayer, which I'm a big campaign fan, so I hope it has a campaign. 
I do know that it will not be Steam Deck compatible. They have said that they have no interest in uh, making their anti-cheat Steam Deck compatible. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. It annoys me, and it, it's probably just going to be something I pedantically bring up a few times on the podcast. I was never going to play this game in the first place, but... Yeah, I don't know. I think, for me, I think this one would be a fun one to play with some friends. So, yeah. uh, um, I, I'm also very much... I, I don't want to say excited, but like I'm I'm looking forward to Warzone 2 and what that might look like. Cause in its heyday, Warzone was super fun. Like I remember playing that with p- some some friends and it was it, it was a blast. It but then fun. like yeah. they made several updates and it just turned to garbage. It, it uh, was so, fun, but it was like I was saying earlier, it was like 200 gigs to have that on my PC. And I yeah, just Warzone is was like a separate install. I do see like a separate like menu option that's grayed out in the beta for Warzone. So hopefully Warzone will just be like packed into Modern Warfare 2 and I won't have to like download it separately. I mean, I don't even, know. If, even if it's a down, like I would say 40 gigs is a reasonable amount for a game. Yeah, yeah. Like I would agree with 40 that. to 60. If you're dipping into 100 territory, like what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's, it's bizarre. I think the largest game I have installed is Star Wars Battlefront 2, which is like over 110 gigs. Yeah, I, it's insane. Like, yeah. the game has no business being that large. I don't, I don't really understand, but, but yeah, like, I don't know. Like, all the Call of Duty stuff comes back, like the modern Call of Duty stuff, like the operators and stuff. Like, I guess that's to sort of give it a little, a little like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say Overwatch flavor, but like, I don't know. Like, who really cares what your character looks like in a first-person shooter game? Although, I will say, one huge addition to this game is that you can actually play all the multiplayer in third-person now. What? So, there's a... Yeah, you can mix... Like, so, like, you can toggle between first and third-person and just play however you want. In-game, yeah. Which is uh, insane for a Call of Duty game. That's terrible. I, I actually hate that because that, like... That was in PUBG, and the problem was if you ever played first person, you were putting yourself at a colossal disadvantage. Yeah, I, I've so I haven't tried third person yet, just because I prefer playing in third person or first person for an in an FPS, right? Yeah. But like, I hear that like people really dig the third person, like, and there are some like exclusive third person yeah, multiplayer you- modes, like okay. third person mosh pit. But you can like in deathmatch or whatever, you can just play in third person. I mean, like everybody who's good is going to be playing third person because you're just going to be able to see around corners and stuff that a first person player could not. Like, And I think, like, if you, like, look into your sights or whatever, then it switches back to first person really quick. And then, like, yeah, yeah. like, if you're just aiming with your gun, it's third person. But if you look down your sights, it's it's first person. I don't really like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think it's cool that the option is there. But, again, that didn't really attract me. I was I was mostly just into the first person yeah, I mean, I would like games like Elder Scrolls and stuff to have a more robust third-person mode, but multiplayer games, I feel like everybody should be the same. I mean, Call of Duty, of all games, yeah. having a third-person is not something I would have predicted, but... I, I mean, it does kind of open... Like, there are people who just can't do first-person games, so a Call of Duty as a mass-market product, it makes sense that it would want to appeal to those people, but it's still a strange decision to me. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I I think overall, though, I am glad it's there, because I do think a lot of people prefer that yeah um but uh yeah i don't know like i think it's uh it's i don't want to call it a comeback necessarily but i do think modern warfare 2 will easily outsell vanguard right like modern warfare 2 will probably be the highest selling game this year it will probably overtake elden ring even though i really don't want it to just by i like i think this this beta 
is generating quite a bit of buzz. And like, I think a lot of people who are waiting for this game as a quote unquote sort of return of Call of Duty have had their kind of, uh, their, their desire vindicated, right? Like, I definitely feel like this is a, like a, a Call of Duty game, unlike maybe Vanguard and maybe even like Black Ops Cold War before it, it felt. And don't get me wrong, like Black Ops Cold War, I, I think it was a Treyarch game. I actually really like the Treyarch Call of Duties, but I, I think that's an uncommon opinion, right? So this is Infinity Ward. This is like the big boy of the three Call of Duty devs. So yeah, if you're, if you're into Call of Duty, this is certainly one to get, I think. And I guess I'll, I'll probably pick it up around launch, maybe not directly at launch, but I'll pick it up and have some more, like, I guess, final impressions then. Okay. Uh, Mike. All right, so I talked about this game four, six months ago, somewhere in there, but Gundam Evolution finally launched. You you talked about this last week, I believe. You said you were going to be playing this. So. I said I'd be playing it. Did I say yeah. it? I think I you did, re- yeah. I had a release date. They had a release date last week, I think. Or no, it might be a weekend. I don't remember anymore. No, it came out the next day. But it is just as good as I remembered six months ago seven months whenever whenever the beta was honestly so is, is this like a multi myself. multiplayer gundam game it's gundam overwatch yeah it's gundam gundam overwatch, overwatch. It's gundam overwatch. oh my oh it's, wow it's about as fun as overwatch was at launch which is a high bar that is I, I, that is a high bar yeah. i'm just gonna play gundam evolution instead of overwatch 2 yeah i mean it's probably a better game or at least it's more interesting. Be- it feels like a better. So, game. like, okay, when you say gun, so like, are you actually like a like a giant robot, like skyscraper size robot yes. running around? Like, yes. Okay, yeah, that's that's pretty sick. Yes, you are a skyscraper sized robots, and the maps are scaled to uh, size. That's pretty great. So, as you're running around, you can see like little stairways where a person would would walk up to. Are there any just like this- six degrees of freedom, like like space? maps because i know that was in the animes a little bit the different gundam anime but no they don't have that it's all ground maps you know i'm a fiend for those but yeah i don't know how they're gonna do that yeah but the the only thing the only complaint i have is the monetization system's kind of kind of goofy is it a free-to-play game it is a free-to-play game but it's it's a it's a free-to-play game your monetization system's gonna kind of be kind of weird i it's like ten dollars to unlock a new gundam but all the base gundams are really good but can you can you unlock gundams without paying yeah it's through it's through uh you get a thousand credits through the battle or two thousand credits through the battle pass for free okay i'm kind of at the point where like if a game is free its monetization can be as bad as they want like yeah because like so many paid games do monetization stuff like that now that like the ones that actually give me the game for free i'm really just a no position to complain it, people are people are comparing comparing it to halo infinites but largely the battle pass just gives you free cosmetics or just cosmetics the the only complaint is that one of the more powerful gundams is one of the locked ones that start and you have to earn but i mean that can just be nerfed down other than that the balance feels good gun tank is gun tank <laughs> honestly i never i would i never would have thought i'd enjoy playing an auto aim character in a game and a shoot in an FPS game. So this is oh. like a like you said, this this isn't a battle royale, right? This is like this, a this is a hero shooter. Hero shooter, yeah, yeah okay. Six v six hero shooter, basically Overwatch at launch, but every every character feels unique. 
and they all stick out very well. Like, Gun Tank has auto-aim. You just point in a direction, and the game does the rest of the work with hitting I mean, projectiles. That, that, that seems broken, but I'm sure there's some sort of, like, He doesn't do a lot there. of damage, okay. and he has an overheat yeah. mechanic. Imagine, like, Bastion from Overwatch, except he has an auto-aim mechanic, and he can't fire infinitely. Okay, yeah. He's... No, that's, that's really cool. Like, you know, like, surprisingly, and this is going to surprise a lot of people, I never was into Gundam as a kid. I wasn't either. But I saw, Gundam like, the commercials. Like, I remember seeing commercials for it all the time. I was like, yeah, giant robots the size of buildings fighting in space. That seems sick. I and I just, never, I just never checked it out. I think we were in a bad time for Gundam, Amid and Mike as well. Like, because I think the series that was on... I think it was on, it was on the Cartoon Network. Toonami? Or like Toonami when we were yeah. growing Toonami. up. Was one of the infamously not great Gundam series. I mean, like, the big one for America was Gundam Wing. That's Gundam Wing, yeah, I've definitely heard holds. of that. Is yeah. that the one with the guy who could catch bullets? Because that's the one I saw. I think. <laughs> I don't remember. That sounds um, so anime. I, I don't remember. I never watched it. Yeah, it was just... But, and they had, like, the goo suits that they had to put on. I don't know. Yeah, I... I, re- I I have only watched Iron-Blooded Orphans, so I only know who Barbatos is. It, the but, one I saw as a kid, it watched more like a cartoon than an anime, is what I remember. But Who knows? And it um, was a little racist, maybe. But, like, I think out of the group, since the beta, I kind of grew on the turn A Gundam and the fact that he can suplex people. Oh my god, it's so much fun to suplex a melee Gundam. Suplex giant robots <laughs> suplexing yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, he just, like, completely does a flip suplexes a Gundam and then they're stunned you can headshot them. Maybe I should switch from suplexing people in Rumbleverse to suplexing it's, people in this Gundam so game. Yeah. He has this big old mustache and he's so goofy looking, but he can just flip people. It's so much fun. None of the melee characters expect to get uh to get flipped and stunned into Headshot City. <laughs> it's so funny. Coming to the Gundam game, but I'm taking you to Grapital City. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I think another one has like a kickflip or something, but I, I don't know. I mean, you're it's describing just, you're describing Rumbleverse with robots right now. It's it's a lot. Honestly, it's a lot of fun. I'd recommend playing it. It doesn't come out in consoles till like November, I think. Aww. Okay, that's yeah. pretty close. Yeah, the PC launch was like their first launch, and the console launch is coming out in like end of November ish. Right on. That it seems it seems. Uh, Pretty sick. I, w- I would recommend playing it, though. I'll try it out. All right. Uh, Connor, do you have anything else? No, I mean, I already did, too. I, I just... Slime Rancher 2 was a short one. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Alrighty. In that case, that will do it for us this week. Thank you all for listening. You can follow us at Ad Podcast Game Talk on Twitter. Please like, rate, and review us on any podcast service you use, including Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, etc. Click the link in the description of this podcast to join our Discord and talk to us there. Thank you, Connor and Mike. Yep, see you guys next week. See you next week. Bye.